Welcome to Public Health On Call, a new podcast from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Our focus is the novel coronavirus. I'm Josh Sharfstein, a faculty member at Johns Hopkins and also a former secretary of Maryland's Health Department. Our goal with this podcast is to bring evidence and experts to help you understand today's news about the novel coronavirus and what it means for tomorrow. If you have questions, you can email them to publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. That's publichealthquestion at jhu.edu for future podcast episodes. Today, I'm talking to Dr. Arturo Casadevall, the chair of the Department of Molecular Microbiology and Immunology at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. We first spoke to Dr. Casadevall about the idea of using antibodies from people who have recovered from COVID-19 as therapy for others. Those studies are now in process with the results still pending. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Casadevall about whether people who have been sick with COVID-19 will develop immunity. Let's listen. Dr. Casadevall, thank you so much for taking time from your work to join me for a minute. Dr. Shafrizni, thank you for having me. So I want to follow up on this discussion that's been raging about whether or not there is immunity that develops to COVID-19. And recently, the World Health Organization made a statement. Maybe, could you explain what the World Health Organization said? So they put out a statement yesterday, actually with a tweet, in which they said that there was no evidence that infection with COVID-19 would lead to to immunity, and by that, whether short-term or long-term immunity. And on one hand, it is a true statement, because we only known this virus for five months. So how could you know whether it will have long-term immunity? However, the tweet and the statement is a little problematic, because it implies that there may not be immunity, whereas we know that people who recover from these disease often have titers or neutralizing antibodies. So let me stop you there for a second. So could you give a little bit of a primer on how people become immune to viruses? So people become immune to viruses really two ways. One of them is to have the disease to recover and then to mount an immune response that includes both antibodies and what is known as cell-mediated immunity. The best example of that is measles. You have measles, and you're immune the rest of your life. The second way you become immune to viruses is to get a vaccine. You get the measles vaccine, and you're protected against measles by the same mechanism. That is, you elicit antibodies that kill the virus, and you elicit a cell-mediated response that protects you against the virus. Now, let's talk about in that first category for antibodies that are protective against viruses as part of an immune response. I know for HIV, people get an antibody, but it doesn't protect them. They're still infected. So for the coronavirus, what would you be looking for in the antibody response to tell whether it is truly protective? So what you will be looking for is what is known as the capacity to neutralize the virus. That is, if you mix the serum from the blood with the virus, do you kill it? and or prevent it from infecting an assay. In the case of HIV, the problem is that the virus changes so rapidly that the immune response can't keep up with all the variants. So you end up with an antibody response that is not protective, 
not because you can't make antibodies to kill a particular virus, but rather because the viruses are different, are so different with time. And so what do we know about the coronavirus in that respect? So the coronavirus is an RNA virus, and it, it is also capable of relatively rapid mutation, but it is not in the same league as HIV or influenza. Uh, for example, the coronavirus that is circulating in the world today has already spawned some what are known as substrains that are circulating. But the changes are not big enough that we don't think that immunity to one is not going to protect against immunity to another. And you mentioned this idea of neutralizing antibodies. Do we know anything about neutralizing antibodies for the novel coronavirus? Yes, we do know that patients who recover often mount very high titers of neutralizing antibody. So that means that if they get well and you take out the blood and you check it against the virus, it can inactivate the virus. We also know that people differ significantly in the amount of antibody that they make. So it may very well be that there are some people who have long-term protection, and there may be some people who have short-term protection. We just don't know how long it would last. So it looks like that the coronavirus is not in the league of HIV or influenza, and that what you're saying is that there's some reason to believe that the antibodies that people make actually may well protect them. That is correct. That is, I think that is the best interpretation of the current data. I caution everyone to know, to again think that we know this organism for five months and that we're going to need more time to figure this out. On the other hand, what we know today is they make neutralizing antibodies. Neutralizing antibodies protect against viruses. And the experience with other coronaviruses has been that you can elicit immunity, at least for a while. And so uh, part of that logic then is that we may be able to see some antibody test at some point that could predict some degree of immunity. That is my hope. And I think that, um, I think that if we can correlate the, the presence of antibody with protection, uh, that in particular, even through the convalescent plasma uh, therapies that have been done, that will uh, provide very strong evidence that, that immunity can be elicited, that is protected in the long term. And we are going to need that in order to put society back where it was. Great. Well, um, thank you very much for taking a moment to explain this all. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for listening to Public Health on Call, a new podcast from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Please send questions to be covered in future podcasts to publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. This podcast is produced by Josh Sharfstein, Lindsay Smith-Rogers, and Lamare Morales. Audio production by Niall Owen-McCusker and Spencer Greer, with support from Chip Hickey. Distribution by Nick Moran. Thank you for listening.